0: Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to the Hunter Hunter podcast, the I was in college and experimenting vibe of the HBO boys. We have reached the end of the Hunter exam arc with this, the 21st episode entitled Some Brother Trouble. The summary of which goes like this. After Gon learned why Kilowatt had been disqualified, he was furious with Getter Or rather, Kilowatt's older brother, Illumi. Very parent trap kind of situation. Illumi and Getter switching places. Except for not at all, and it didn't even star Lindsay Lohan. Missed opportunity. Before we wrap up the Hunter arc, I will tell you once more. And only one more time except for every time after this that we have a patreon.com slash hbo boys boys with the Z go and give one or more dollar a month you get this podcast earlier you get all the bonus content that we do and you, we put it up there like at least an hour or two of bonus content a month for a dollar Ryan I know that's crazy we don't have advertisers okay we're not a big enough podcast we're a tiny podcast that could and we're on a mountain that is steep We need your dollar to survive. Come give it to us, HBO boys. Anyway. (laughs) Getting into the episode, we port back into the story with Gon walking hard towards Illumi because he's mega pissed. He got his brother disqualified and demands an apology. This moment is interesting because Gon can't beat this dude in a fight and he knows it or like, I'm not sure he knows it. He's been proven to be delusional, but I guess like, I know it. Everyone around him knows it. So he has no leverage whatsoever, yet he persists. Illumi doesn't even know what to apologize for, which pisses off Gon more, as he flips Illumi upwards over his head with his non-broken arm, and the strength that only comes with the power of friendship. As he squeezes Illumi's arm, veins start to protrude, and Illumi looks slightly impressed with this toddler's strength. Gon then gives up on the apology idea and asks to be taken to Kilowatt. as Illumi explains he's not hiding him anywhere. The boy walked out, on his own two legs, he's out in the world. At this point, Netero, who's been in the room the whole time, steps in and remarks that this is exactly what they've been talking about previously before Gon so rudely interrupted with his high and mighty horseshit. Jk, lol, and that Mr. Oreo and Pika Squared have already logged formal complaints. Pika alleging that Kilowatt was hypnotized, which uh, I don't think he was. I don't think he had to be. I think he made a decision. I think he was told to solve a problem, which was become disqualified from the Hunter exam. And he did it in the way he knew how. Brutal murder. Mr. Oreo then continues saying that his cause was directly helped by the murder because it was during his match. So if anyone should be disqualified, it should be him. And while I am actively witnessing the continued character revitalization Hunter Hunter is desperately trying to do with Mr. Oreo, and I'm ignoring it completely, I do agree with him. He should be the one to go, for everyone's sake. Netero then retorts that there is no evidence of any of that shit, and then Paka remarks, hey, if you want to talk about weird shit, let's talk about when Hasaka whispered something to you, Pika Pika, and then he surrendered. That was weird, right? (laughs) Because then like, yeah, I I don't owe you shit, so I'm not gonna answer that. Also, you were in a battle where a child gave up, so you suck. Which, that's a stretch. In one, a child gave up, and in another, a grown man whispered something, then gave up himself? Both weird, but one was obvious hubris, and one's a mystery. So, I get why a mystery would be more interesting, or at least cause more anger to be like, Well, I don't get it! Tell me meh! As Pika says no, he sends Pakal off the edge of the goddamn earth, along with Hanzo, who is over all of this bickering, and apparently Gon as well, who then yells very loudly that this is all pointless. As he reiterates what Satote's told him earlier, If you passed, you passed. Kilowatt didn't, and he has to take it again, and if he does, it will be easy for him. Gon then turns back to Illumi, again giving him a gnarly Indian burn, which I should Google to see if is offensive. It just has to be... Yeah, it definitely has to be. And he says he will never forgive Illumi, which Illumi gives two shits about. He asks Illumi, that is, what tangibly that means, and Gon explains that once he finds Kilowatt, he is never going to allow him to see his brother again. The problem with that, though, is that there is this blood is thicker than water thing, and perhaps it's thicker than a two-week-long friendship, probably, Right? I mean, even when Kilowatt is found, and Gon's like, hey, I'm taking you away from here, there's a commonality in stories and reality. Well, that's a good musical line. Put that in a song, you songwriters out there. I'm sure it's from some sort of emo song from 2004 that I can't recall. Anyway, the commonality is that emotionally abused people, people who have been mistreated, people who have been oppressed sometimes feel like they cannot escape that oppression, even when the door is right in front of them. I can see a scenario where Kilowatt is saved, Gon's like, hey, come with me, and Kilowatt's like, this is all I know. These are all the people I know. I know I just stabbed two of them, very well aware of that, but I I can't just be leaving here for a dude I met in the woods and hung out with for two weeks, although we are best friends, and again, I said this last episode, like... A lot of this is just me not remembering or understanding. And I bet this happens to a lot of people. Like, we cannot recall how strong a feeling we had was when we were nine, right? When we were 11 years old, and you hear 11-year-old problems all the time. I don't know off all the time, but you hear them. And you're like, those are nothing, tiny child, okay? You don't have bills to pay. You don't have mouths to feed. Your problems are not real. But then that moment is, you're wrong. You're just wrong. You have to remember, when you were 11, the problems you had were all you could think about, right? Your problems are your problems at any age that you are. And when you tell someone that their problem is not big enough or important enough, it is only more reason for them to be like, how fucking do you? <laughs> like, anyway, my point is, that Gon is going on a rescue mission that might not be received well. And it might just be another rock they add to the Kilowatt and Gon breakup mountain that seems to be being foreshadowed. Netero then takes the room back and has Beans continue with the orientation where he explains the following. I've made a numbered list. Number one. The cards are the hunter's license. The card will allow you to enter 90% of the countries that limit immigration, and 75% of restricted areas in the world. In this moment, they show a map of the world, and I fucking love maps. Also, which countries are the 10% and areas are the 25%, I wonder. Number 2. Hunters may use 95% of public facilities for free, and banks will treat you like you are a large company. You can keep this hunter's license for life, a life of guaranteed comfort, or sell it for a shit ton of money. Both good options. Number three, don't lose this shit. You will not get a replacement. They estimate that one in five hunters lose their cards within the first five years of receiving it. And number four, and with all of that, the seven applicants present are certified hunters! As we come back from commercial break, Gon yells out to Illumi, but he is still using the name Getter Getteracur, which is his slave name and not cool. Again, Gon asks for Kilowatt's location, and Illumi says it's a bad idea to go after him. You just shouldn't do it. Mr. Oreo and Pika Pika back's gone up, though, and they're like, the wants and needs of this boy are never a bad idea, except for when they are sometimes. To which Illumi then freely gives up the information that Kilowatt is probably back home, or he's going back home which is on Kokaroo, Kokaroo, Kokaroo Mountain. What a weird fucking name for a mountain. Or a place. Anywhere, really. Which is in the Republic of Patakia. And because I love maps, I will explain where they are and where that is. The map of the Hunter Hunter universe has the Earth's continents in it, but they are in different places and, like, flipped around. So, on the top left of the map... Like, where Alaska is on our map. Again, I'm aware that the Earth is around. I'm just saying this map-wise... And I'm not talking about the Mercator projection. I could get into this for a long goddamn time. I love maps. Anyway, the top left of the map, there's like an upside down South America, which is where they are right now. And to the right of that, across a little bit of water, is a slightly tilted Africa, which is where Kukuru Mountain is. The mountain itself is a dormant volcano that is 12,000 feet high and where their family's house is at the summit, which is (laughs) cool. With that new information, gone, Oreo and Pika Pika walk away, and Hasaka then meanders on over to Illumi, asking if giving said information was wise, and Illumi's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, the people around us where we live know that we live there. It's not a secret. Like, and it's, by the way, a whole different world over there, which they're going to soon realize. Hasaka then comments on the bloody arm that Illumi has, and Illumi's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's broken. And Malumi doesn't give a shit, apparently. And he's like, that makes Gon interesting. I get what your interest is in him. His strength. His courage. Hasaka then is just like, (laughs) yeah. And he's definitely still just wants to bone Gon. It is at this point... A rage overcomes Hisaka when he senses that Illumi might be thinking about killing Gon, at which point Hisaka tells him to leave him be or suffer the consequences. Illumi then remarks he knows Hisaka's quote-unquote tastes and wouldn't touch the boy. Further underlining the opportunity Hisaka is definitely waiting for to enter this child, which is fucked up. I mean, just thinking about the fruit that Gon is becoming ripe exact words he used gets Hisaka off. Like, very literally, there's an ominous music behind it, but I'm 100% sure what I just saw was a murder clown climaxing. This moment's interesting for another reason, though. Other than the statutory rape that Hisaka keeps talking about, which is the weirdest part of this show by far. This moment's interesting because of the power dynamic between Illumi and Hisaka. Illumi, when he's talking, when he's dealing with anybody, especially when he was just in a fight with his brother, who's also very powerful exudes a power that feels like it should be, at least around him, overwhelming to the people and the places and the things. He just seems like he should be the most powerful guy in the room. But in a room with Bahura, Minchi, Satotes, Netero, Hasaka, and Illumi, who is the most powerful person in that room? Is a real question. If I had to guess, I would say it's Hasaka first, Netero second, and then Illumi, Minchi, and Bahura on some sort of third level with Pika Pika close by. Specifically, like, scarlet-eyed Pika Pika. But again, it's unclear. And things that are unclear in shows that are interesting make moments interesting by proxy. Moving on. Over yonder, Mr. Oreo asks Pika Pika where that mountain might be, but Pika isn't listening, which is weird. He's probably thinking about what was whispered to him previously, but after he snaps out of it, he's like, yeah, I don't know where that is, but they can go look it up online. And that brings up another thing. The amount of technology this world has or doesn't have is also interesting. I'm saying the word interesting too much. The word interesting and anyway, so they have the internet, they have walkie-talkies, but people don't have cell phones. It's like it's set in 2001 or the late 90s, maybe. Although that would make sense. The manga is being written in the late 90s. So, ipso facto. Hanzo then walks up to the group of licensed murder hobos and says goodbye, as well as letting them know that if they drop by his country, he will show them around. At this point, they zoom in on a card that Hanzo gives them, and it's in a language I don't read on HBO Go, slash Mac, slash, you know, I'm not going to get their name right. They don't have subtitles, and I can't read other languages, and it makes me mad, so I then have to open up Netflix to see what this shit says, and it was just his name. It wasn't even the name of his country. It was just Hanzo, his name. So that was a great use of my time. Then, Pockle walks up and apologizes for being a dick just now to Pika Pika, at which point Pika Pika accepts and also asks forgiveness. So now that that is out of the way, Pockle takes the time to explain how he is Newt's commander and is going to travel the world to discover fantastic beasts and where to find them. Gotta catch them all! Pokemon. Then Pockle holds up what looks like an iPad or a laptop, which further complicates the what the fuck is this in technology timeline question. Again, I assume it's like 1999 version of this person who's writing it predicting the future a little bit. Gon asks Pockle to look up his father while the audience sees that they are being watched by Satotes who starts to walk towards the group of people. That wiggly son of a bitch and he is in turn being watched by Bahura and Menchi who ask themselves what the heck is this bruh doing <laughs> we're done with the exam why is he talking to them Paco then remarks that everything about Gang is behind a secret security system so this dude must be important nationally at which point Gon tells him to just, you know just forget it but also is giving the vibe of being psyched that his daddy is special Paco gives them his email address and saunters away At which point, Satotes walks up to Gon and gives him his hunter's license, which he left in the room. (laughs) He's that one in five who's definitely gonna lose it within the first year. Satotes calls to Gon and gives him his hunter's license, which he forgot about immediately, and asks to speak to the boy privately. When they become alone, Satotes tells him a story about a hunter he used to know, who would discover long-forgotten ruins like he himself wanted to, but, like, way better. He tells Gon that this extraordinary hunter was named Ging Freaks. And even he tried to find him, but couldn't, because that rascal's an enigma. He continues to say he longs to become a hunter as amazing as Ging. And this continues to inflate Gon's feelings for his long-lost father, who goddamn abandoned him. For greatness. Satotes goes on to say, Oh, one more thing. And then he's like, "Uh, No, you know what? No thanks. Uh, I didn't mean to say that. Later, Gator. Goodbye. But you can tell he wanted to say one more thing and thought better of it. Hmm. What could that have been? Back inside, the boys look up Kukuru Mountain, which y'all already know about, because I got into it. They find that it's in the Republic of Padokia, or whatever the hell, and when that's brought up, Mr. Oreo says that he's never heard of it. So, the internet can't even be that widespread, because Mr. Oreo doesn't have it, or he's poor, or he's an idiot, which are all very possible things. Pika says that the country itself will take three days to reach by dirigible, and they order tickets immediately. Must be fun to just do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I was like jealous of them in that moment. I was like, they just decide to go to a place and then go there. Shit! As they go to the dirigible farm, there is a major traffic jam, which makes them ditch the taxi and run on the road like total hooligans. Which reminds the adventuring squad and us about the first phase of the hunter exam. <laughs> it all comes together. Book ending. And then a wild nervous. <laughs> they're going to cook rid of the mountain, baby. Woo! Freeze frame. And then. There's a clip after the wild narrator appears, but just before the credits. This must be the equivalent of the Hunter Hunter MCU after credits scene for the end of an arc kind of thing. We see Totes watching an airship fly away, assumably the one that the crew is on, as Minchi and Bahura walk up to Totes goats, and Minchi says to him, Was that me, or was that just like a really close call? To which Totes responds, Oh, you saw that? You saw me almost fuck up? And he's like, yeah, man, the boy's a mystery. Okay. I feel compelled to help him. I almost let it slip that the real Hunter exam isn't over just yet. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And with that, the goddamn arc is done. So far, this is a good show. I like it a lot. Again, I think I've said this before. I wish I didn't do a podcast about it. (laughs) I like it so much that I wish I could just like watch it faster. But also, I this podcast is, like, the one way I'm writing lately. Writing is a hobby of mine that I don't do ever. You know those things you say that are your hobbies but you don't do? And so, like, this is basically the only thing I write. I watch a TV show and then write about it. And then, you know, the gaunt Hell's Accountant thing that is canon of this podcast and I know nothing about, obviously. Which I'm going to do afterwards, by the way. stick around for it. That's just, like, fun I just wrote it and I was like, I'm gonna write that forever and put it in the Hunter Hunter podcast. Because like this is our time. And more specifically, like just like my time to apparently waste y'all's time. But I was like, I put it at the end of the credits. Most people won't hear it in the first place. And if you are hearing it at the end of the credits and then like you're down to vibe on it, then it can be our thing. And not just my blah 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 it doesn't matter end of hunter hunter this is a good show i'm going to continue watching it i might go on a little hiatus where sunday mornings don't happen for one or two weeks i don't know we'll see i just i want a breath of fresh air and we're going to get back into the Killua arc assumably and get back into the show i love you all very deeply and uh you've been nice to be around and listen to my words anyway the end is over here's the song Play the song now. Okay, bye.
1: accounting corner i am hell's accountant as you all are very aware because i've been around forever eternity in fact the big boom god satan got to the do the accounting that is the line the lineup of how the beginning happened i've been crunching numbers since eternity And I love it, I love every second of it. I'm here this week to describe what attrition is to you on Gaunt's Accounting Corner. Attrition is when you lose customers. The customers that go, and the customers that you gain, and the percentage of which that you lose and have to replace to be a profitable business. Thankfully, in hell, we only lose customers in hell when they, like, learn their lesson and, (laughs) ha ha ha, fat fucking chance that happens while... And, uh, you know, we gain customers on a pretty constant basis, okay? They're coming through the hell portal when they're being dicks and they're dying constantly. And you might be saying to yourself, Hey, Gaunt, isn't there a space issue down there in hell? And number one, no. No, there is not. It's not a literal space. Hell isn't actually underground. Heaven's not actually in the sky. We're in the goddamn ether. And two, no. We make humans very small. We squish them. In fact, going to hell requires a squish. Come to hell, get squished. That was our slogan at one point. I came up with it and I pitched it. Nobody liked it. They said, Gaunt, (laughs) we will fucking squish you. And I was like, oh, don't. Anyway, thanks for coming again to Gaunt Account Day Corner. And I wish you the best of luck this week. Don't die. (laughs) If you do, I'll see you and I'll squish you. Next week, we will go over profit and loss. Ah, we are getting into the nitty gritty now. I love you. Wait, I hate you guys.